Live from the fish tank, it's your host Ronnie with an episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. A special one, not one of our normal weekly episodes, but as you guys noticed, you know, it's the days are getting a little shorter. The weather is cooling down slightly, maybe depending on where you live. Uh, we've got preseason hockey going on. We've finished our hockey for agency. We did our hockey draft a little while ago now. That means here with uh, the season getting close, we should probably talk prospects. So I am back again on my own to go through my own personal prospect rankings. I go through, I read my preferred prospect writer with his real-life takes. I try to parse them into a fantasy scope and go from there. So I have them ranked, all 10 systems uh, the main factor is the average score I gave your prospects in the top 10 to try to focus on the higher end scale because really like prospect depth within like the lower grades doesn't really mean anything if I don't really think those guys are going to pan out. So we're really looking at who has a strong top 10 in most cases. I think that factors in a little bit of depth and also a little bit of high end because you have like a high end prospect and no depth. Your average probably is not going to be great, but if you have really, really good depth, but maybe not a high-end guy, your average will still be all right, and I try to give it a good good balance. I don't go specifically in that order. There is um, one particular team who I bumped ahead of a couple because the, the top 10 average is pretty close, but you'll see when I when I get to that one team here. But in addition to that, I'm going to break down, give a, a little bit on each, not each player, I'll probably skip a few, but on most players, um... And I also have a stud for each team and a lottery ticket for each team. The lottery ticket is someone who maybe isn't ranked as highly as some of the other players, but I think if things really break well, that player could be pretty good for our setup. So without further ado, let's get into things. Okay, and before we get into the first team, uh, I should go over my scale here. So... Uh, I gave a scale of 10 to 1 with half grades. I'm not going to give a a description of the half grade. I'm just going to give an example or description rather of the full grades. Uh, A 10 is a stud, can't miss, elite prospect. There is only one of these in here. There's very, very, I'm not going to give this grade out lightly at all. Uh, Nine is a really high end prospect, but maybe not quite like absolutely elite. And that leaves a 9.5, obviously, which would be kind of in between there. You know, probably an elite player, but not quite uh, a no-doubt absolute stud. Like, you all know who the 10 is. We'll get to that team eventually, but yeah. So a 9 is going to be just not quite elite. 8 is a top-line pair player, but not like the guy on those lines. 7 is a second-line pair player. 6 is a third-line pair player. 5 is a fourth-line player slash role player four is likely to never make an impact but maybe three is a career minor leaguer two is not even a good minor leaguer and one is a Barry why do you even have this guy um for our purposes really anything below like a 6.5 is kind of like the cutoff where if you're not at least a 6.5 that's not really a good sign because even though, technically speaking, I do give grades for, like, fourth-line players or role players, uh, for fantasy purposes, like, that's not really what we're looking for here. I try to, like, 
but this is like a, a DSAC, a DSAC uh, frame of mind. So usually on like a fourth line or a, like a bottom pair player, you kind of have maybe like more like a, a gritty player, a defensive player who maybe is pretty good with hits or blocks. Um, and I'm going to bump those up to like higher grades because that actually helps for DSAC. Uh, so anything kind of like a six like a six or below is kind of like probably not worth having on your roster, more or less. I hope that all makes sense. And let's get into the first team. All right, the first team. And we are going to go worst to first to kind of build up the anticipation here. We are going to have Chris in 10. Uh, the gem of his system, Yaroslav Skarov. I gave him a grade of an 8. He's still one of the top goalie prospects. It's been a few years since he's been drafted, but it's pretty good in the AHL last year. Uh, really good size, very athletic goalie, but he can be a bit too aggressive, and that is like the one flaw I could see maybe limiting his ceiling to an extent. Uh, I think he'll be a starting goaltender in the NHL, but if he can tone that down and be more conservative in his his movements and his anticipation while keeping that athleticism, uh, he could be one of the very, very best. I just don't want to put him above an eight at this point in time. But the reason why Chris is down here is the depth is uh, pretty not great. So we do have a couple 6.5s in Scott Morrow and Owen Pickering. Morrow's probably a bit more offense and defense, and he does have a really good shot. But for a defenseman, that may limit his time, his time on ice in the NHL. But, they, you know, he could be on the power play. He could get some points, but... Once again, 6.5 is kind of like the fringe of the fringe here. Uh, the other one here is Owen Pickering. Uh, has a little bit of offense. Probably, is he going to be in the power play? Is he not? I, not sold on that. He's got a pretty good shot, pretty good hockey sense, but, you know, he's a 6.5. Like, there's not really much more than that. Beyond that here, we have a couple of sixes and Delandria and Samu Tuomala. Uh, Delandria, he's an NHLer, but he's probably not super DSAC relevant. He does a little bit of everything, but just not anything great. Uh, he's actually gotten some NHL minutes, so we kind of have an idea of what he's, his hits and his blocks look like and whatnot. And uh, the depth hurt in Dallas isn't uh, conducive to him being relevant at this point in time. And with Tuamala, he's got a pretty strong shot. Probably needs to show something beyond the Finnish Junior League, though. He was really good in the Finnish Junior League, but until we kind of see him up against men, uh, it's the the package there is maybe not quite as well-rounded as you would like. Uh, there's a couple of 5.5s in Braden Tracy and Andrew Cristal. Um, Cristal here is the one I, I kind of want to talk about a little more. I mean, Tracy at a 5.5, it's just, yeah. But so with Cristal, he's small. He really can't skate uh, outside of his edge work, and he's pretty not good in his own end. Um so for him to be relevant and for him to have a good NHL role, he needs to score and score a lot, which, in his defense, he has a ton of skill when the puck is on his stick, and he could do that. I just see the flaws I mentioned in the first part as being reasons why he won't get that opportunity to have the time on ice and the volume to put up the points to be relevant. It is a worthwhile shot, though. Like, he, he was drafted. He should have been drafted. And we'll see what, where it goes, but it's just not a, a risk I would personally like to take. Um, 
yeah, beyond there, there's Kiviranta, who I gave a five, Larue, who I gave a five, and Stelio Mateos, who I gave a 2.5, because there's just not really anything there. Um, for Chris, his stud, obviously, Yaroslav Askarov, and his lotto ticket, I'll put it at Kristal. I'm obviously not very high on Kristal, but there's, you know, a possibility there, and I think it's very much, I think this is one of the, the better examples of a lottery ticket, to be quite honest, in terms of the ability to really blow up if things go well, but I just think the odds are pretty long on that. The ninth team is yours truly. It's me. Um, Chris had a top 10 average of 5.65. I have a top 10 average of 6. So uh, the the depth in my system is not very great. The only reason I'm even slightly ahead of Chris here is the fact that I was able to draft, this in this most recent draft, Alexander Nikesian, who I am very, very high on. I think very highly of his game and of his skill set for what he could do in DSAC. Uh, he had a big KHL year last year. This is his first time getting real big KHL minutes, and he very much made the most of them. Uh, for a defenseman, he's got a very big point shot. Uh, he's got a good sense of the game to, to make plays. Uh, he has the size and frame paired with the desire to be physical. Uh, I see a guy who could contribute in all categories for a defenseman when he comes over from Russia, but it might be a couple of years because he is still under contract over there. But I think he's one of, for fantasy purposes, one of the top five defense prospects in this episode I'm going to talk about. Uh, very, very big fan of Nikishin. Absolutely thrilled to get him. I think he should have been a top five to seven pick in the most recent DSAC draft. So very, very pleased to get him. Uh, he was an eight. Uh, I gave a grade of seven to Gabriel Perot. Uh, he's a bit small, a bit slow, but he absolutely wrecked the National Team Development Program record book last year. He should be a power play factor. And I do think that the the speed, the skating, and the size aren't big enough issues to completely derail him. I think he's fine enough in the other aspects of the game. But he, he's he got some really, really good, uh, really good skills, and I'm really hopeful that the uh, the Rangers don't mess this up. They've not developed forward prospects very well, but just please don't mess this up. We'll see how Perot does. I'm looking forward to him hopefully maybe uh, showing us a little bit to establish that he is indeed a, a relevant prospect for us. Uh, a little bit below him at a 6.5, I have Carter Mazur. Had a very nice collegiate career with Denver. He's got a very high motor. He competes like crazy. He's not afraid to go to the net. If you can go to the net, you're probably going to get rewarded with a few goals. And wouldn't you know it, that's kind of something he did in college. He scored goals at a decent clip. Um, we'll see if he can kind of be like a Brendan Gallagher type player. Uh, he's got. I think he's a little bigger than Gallagher is. So you're hoping he can be a little more relevant there. Gallagher obviously has been too relevant for us lately, but we kind of started a little bit kind of at the, the downswing of his career. I think prime Brendan Gallagher would have been a lot more relevant than he has been so far. And 
that's kind of what I hope Mazur can be. Um, I have a couple of sixes next. I'm going to put two goalies, Eustace Anunin and Daniil Tarasov. Kind of just dart throws for me, you know, see what happens, see what I got with them. Anunin had a lot better AHL numbers last year than he did the year before. He's got a little decent size there, and I think a lot of picking goaltenders in this league is picking a goalie with a good team. And Colorado is a really good team, and should Anunin end up in some sort of role with Colorado in the near future, uh, I think that'll be very good for him. Uh, the other one I have is Daniel Tarasov. I uh, didn't have the greatest of AHL numbers last year, but Columbus doesn't exactly have a long-term answer in net. Pretty tall, so it's a, it's a the goalie to throw. We'll see. I'm not going to try to spend too much time on goalies because outside of the highly thought-of ones, uh, you never know who's going to be what, to be honest with you. It's one of the most unpredictable positions um, in all sports to try to scout and to project. So I have Amadeus Lombardi at a six. He had a really big OHL breakout last year, but he was also pretty old for the league. He's, you know, above, not above, but he's kind of at like the very end of your OHL eligibility. Uh, But he was one of the guys who missed out on a full OHL season because of COVID when the OHL didn't play. And that really uh, hurt his draft stock potentially in a way that teams weren't able to see him play in his draft year what would have been his draft year so you know maybe this is a guy who fell further in the real life draft to Detroit than he should have and maybe he could could do something but he skates very well and if his brain translates he could score goals especially if he can hang at center because the skating is very good and uh, he's shown the ability to really put up the points in the O so we'll see what happens there after that, though, it's two guys who I just don't really have a ton of faith in at this point. Sasha Pesajov with Anaheim. He was always a bit of a long shot because the skating is very, very bad. But he has not a very nice shot, and he's produced very well where he's played so far. Uh, we'll see if he can do it with the AHL at some point. And if he does in the AHL, I'll be a little more optimistic. But he's a 4.5 for me. I just don't really see him being... Uh, relevant for us, but you never know. And below him at a four, I have Kiefer Bellows, who was currently with Carolina on a PTO. Uh, that NHL career is fading fast. He's got a good shot, and boy, did he have some fun moments in his World Juniors run, but there's not really a whole lot else there, and at this point, I'm not really seeing an NHL player, unfortunately, because I really do like the player, but we'll see where, we'll see where that goes. All right, and to finish that off, the stud for myself is Alexander Nikishin, the lateral ticket, Amadeus Lombardi. We can move on to eight now with a top 10 average of 6.5. I have Alex. So Alex's team is an example of having a little more depth than myself or Chris. Maybe the high end isn't quite there, but we'll see how this goes. I have a few sevens topping up for Alex. The first one is Braden Yeager, who may not stick at center, but he has a great shot and some offensive instincts. He competes really well, and he's on Pittsburgh, you know, and if there's an opportunity for him to play in Pittsburgh on the near future before their veterans uh, retire, that could create some good opportunity to score points. So a player I like, a player I think will be relevant for us, uh, but sticking at center will be very key to that, I think. Because if he ends up at wing, that really should eat into his utility a bit. We also, other, One of the other ones I have heard of seven is Lane Hudson. 
Uh, this kid is a special, special offensive mind. He skates well. Uh, he makes plays that you don't see from defensemen. And on offense alone, he could be a phenomenal power play quarterback. He's the exact type of player that you would like to bet on and the type of defenseman you would want to have for this type of league. But he is small. And being small and playing defense is not a combination that traditionally works well in the NHL. Uh, If he's not playing with the puck on his stick, uh, that doesn't go very well in the defensive zone for him a lot. Uh, He's not going to be very physical at all with his size. So you're already kind of hoping that he's going to be a very strong offensive performer for DSAC. And if he's not going to be able to play defense overly well in the NHL level, that's probably going to really shelter his role. And I I guess you're kind of really hoping he could be prime Shane Goss' bear, maybe a little bit better than that point-wise. But there's slight risks there that hold me back from moving him above a seven. If he was like two or three inches taller, he would be like an eight, eight and a half. But he's going to be a seven right here. And we'll see uh, where things go from there for him. The third and final seven I have here is Akira Schmid. He uh, looked good in the NHL last year in a small sample for goaltending with the Devils. Uh, We'll see if he can be the guy for the Devils or if he falls back a little bit. Because he has an NHL track record, it's a worthwhile bet, in my opinion. We'll see what happens there. He has another goalie at a 6.5 with Uko Pekka-Luganen, who has shown some flashes in the AHL and in the NHL, but overall has been very inconsistent and not quite what I expected yet. But you never know. Like I said, goalies are so unpredictable. It's never a linear development for them. He could be something. He could not be. But the recent uh, returns have soured me on him slightly, we'll call it. He's got a few uh, few others at a 6.5, like Lucas Cormier for Vegas. Very good shot, good offense, but he's not particularly good uh, defensively, and he is a defenseman. So he might have to be a power play specialist. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but another player where kind of being a little one-dimensional in this game, uh, questions about his ability to get ice time for DSAC purposes. Luke Evangelista in Nashville. He competes very well. He's got a knack for goals. You know, could skate a little better, but he's not bad. He's been fine with it uh, at the other levels he's played at. So he could be a guy. I'm very, I'm curious to see what he does for Nashville this year because Nashville turned over a lot of their team, and they have opportunities in the lineup for young players like Evangelista to seize ice time. So I'm very curious to see what he does with that. Also, Tristan Luno here for the Anaheim the QMJHL Defenseman of the Year. He moves very well. He's got a very good shot with a good brain. And the offense will absolutely be there. But is the skating, like, good enough? That's the main question. As you'll see here, skating is going to be a thing for a lot of players, and size will be a thing for a lot of players. Um, If you don't have one of them, you can maybe get away with it. If you don't have both of them, you're probably fighting an uphill battle, but... At the end of the day, in this league, you have to be able to skate very well, and you got to be able to, you know, hold up physically. So that's not a shot at at Luno by any means. That's just kind of more like a general thing here because you're going to hear me talk about skating in size and compete a lot. i got a few sixes here. Connor Timmons, Noel Gundler, Joel Blomquist, Oscar Olison, and Philip Michar. Uh, Timmons is a guy who's played in the NHL at this point. He's on Toronto now which is probably not a great thing with how stacked their lineup is and the fact that they have a handful of decent defensemen already who are going to get big roles. 
Uh, he's he put up some points. But the grid stats aren't special. There's nothing really stand out there for us. Probably a waiver wire guy. Noel Gundler's a, pl- a prospect I've kind of liked for a while, despite the fact that his skating is great and the effort is very in and out. When he's locked in, he can score, but it's the being locked in consistently part that isn't there. And Carolina's a team that really requires that. So we'll see what he can do when he gets to the NHL and how that works for him at that level. But I'd like to see him make it because I think he could be a very fun player to watch if he does, but not quite sold. Joel Blomquist, kind of like what I said with Anunin and Tarasov. He's also at a six. A goalie dart throw, why not? He's had pretty good numbers in Liga before. The numbers last year weren't as, as good as you would have hoped. But, hey, why not? He's one of the better goalie dart throws, I think, out there. Olison, good shot, good compete. Uh, hangs around the perimeter a bit too much. That might limit his utility for us. Uh, Mishar with Montreal. Decent skating skill. Uh, didn't quite have the best year last year, and it's probably looking like a bit more of an uphill climb for him at this point. Uh, Anthony Honka and Sam Poulin and Ronnie Hervernan, all 5.5s. Poulin is an interesting one because he would have been ranked higher, but he did miss some time with mental health. And he, you know, it is an important part of his development. He's got some size, he's got some skill, but overall kind of hasn't quite developed like we hoped. Perhaps that could be why he took time off with mental health issues. And obviously the primary focus there is to get, get better with that and get back on the ice. So hopefully all goes well with him and he has a chance to really showcase that he should be ranked higher on this list next year. And lastly, we have Dominic Bach, who, uh, hello from Germany. It's not really hanging around much anymore. Alex is stud. Uh, because he has three sevens, I just don't know if anyone quite rises to that level, so I kind of had to leave that blank. But the lottery ticket, absolutely Lane Hudson. It's a, it's a prospect I do like, despite the, the drawbacks I saw there, but... Lane Hudson is a very good example of a lottery ticket in my eyes. In seven, with a top 10 average of 7.15, we have Ping. So this is where it starts to get a little more fun with having good high-end prospects. Leading the way here is Luke Hughes with an 8.5. He has the skill of his brothers, but he's bigger than his brothers. He's dynamic, skilled as all hell. He is going to be a top pair defenseman, and he could be very valuable in DSEC. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, big with the blocks or with the hits, but, man, <laughs> if he can put up 60, 70, 80 points while not being a negative in blocks and hits, that's going to be a, a very, very valuable player for our format. Next up, I have Cole Perfetti at an 8. He would be probably an 8.5 if I had more... Um confidence he would stick at center it sounds like he'll at least get the shot here to start out with because Winnipeg has moved on from a couple of guys and they have a chance to uh, open up some second line roles for a player like Perfetti um, he's produced very well on a rate basis in the NHL you've heard me talk about him before he's incredibly smart and skilled he's not the quickest of skaters but when he does have the puck on his stick he knows how to manipulate the puck to kind of make his skating not as big of a drawback. He's also really good at moving the puck to someone else and finding space so he doesn't have to transport the puck down the ice if he doesn't have to. 
Uh, he's really good on the power play. There's going to be opportunity in Winnipeg, like I said. I think this is going to be a player who maybe not going to have the, the grid stats, but if he can win a few faceoffs here and there, I'm talking like two, three, four a night, and also put up 65 points or so, this, this year I think he'll be higher than that at his peak, and it's going to be a very good player. I like Cole Perfetti a lot. We have a slew of sevens here. We have Dawson Mercer. If he's already been in the NHL, so a lot of this is based on what he's done. I can look at his, his stats on the ESPN site and see where he's good at, where he's not good at. He's got a very good motor. Likes to crash the net. Uh, if he, the one holdback on him is the fact that he has center eligibility, but he doesn't win, doesn't really take as many faceoffs as you would like. Um, if he can tick up a little bit in the draws, that'll be a very good sign for him, but we'll see if he even gets the chance to in real life. But he did produce last year, so I think he's a worthwhile player to have. Also at seven, Marco Casper, a tremendous competitor, great motor. He'll have a little bit of offense there, but I don't know if the offense will be great. Uh, you see Nate Danielson get drafted to Detroit, and you see Dylan Larkin already in Detroit, and you start to wonder what kind of offensive roles there will be at center. Um, there's three very good players who look for likely to compete for the top two center roles. Casper uh, probably maybe end up at the three center in real life. Might have a little more defensive responsibility than offensive responsibility. But I think he's going to be good, pretty decent in the faceoff dot. Um, he'll definitely throw the body around a little bit. He probably won't be afraid to block shots either. And he'll have some offense. He just won't light it up offensively. And that's still a very, very valuable player. If you look around the rosters on the competitors in our league, you'll find a lot of centers like that who are around like 50 points, but they win some face-offs, they throw a few hits, they take some shots. It's a good profile. Seth Jarvis is also at a 7. He could probably be higher and probably should be higher, but he did take a step back offensively last year. You hope that he kind of regains that, maybe a little bit higher than he was two years ago. He hits a bit, shoots a pretty good amount too. But I know Carolina really tried to work with him on his overall game last year, and that could be a reason why the point totals maybe didn't go as hoped. So I think you can see growth from him now that that is hopefully all factored into his game and he can focus a little bit more on offense again. I have Samuel Honzek at a 7. Very good size, very good compete, has a really nice shot, some power play skill set. Daniil Boot, he's Russian, but his last name is French for goal. And that's what he does. Big frame, good shot. Pretty good hands for his size, too. Uh, I don't know what his hit totals look like, but if he has the size and the compete, you got to hope he can uh, throw the body at least a little bit, maybe get a hit per game, maybe a little more. Uh, we'll also have Callum Ritchie here, too, for Colorado. He's got the tools. He's got the frame. Doesn't always impact the game like you'd want. Uh, so he should be relevant, but he, he could be higher. You just need to see a little bit more. Uh, engagement from him and a little more focus. But, I mean, hey, like I said, the tools and the frame are there. He just got to make make it happen for himself. Uh, we got a handful of 6.5s here, too, with Alex Newhook in Montreal now. Prospect stock has fallen a little bit, but that new scenery, new opportunity on a team that is not very good. You know, he has the prospect pedigree still. He still has got, you know, he was drafted for his skill and his skating. There's a reason why he was a mid-round pick in 2019, I think. Uh, you know, if it clicks in Montreal, and I wouldn't be surprised, I think we could see him kind of 
I don't want to say resurrect his prospect stock, but he could be a guy who people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's finally back on track to being what we hoped he would be. We got Carson Lambos here. He's a very good competitor, but he fell in his draft in real life, and he hasn't really fixed those issues. Uh, he's got he's got a good brain. He's not much of a power play, power play style of offense, so you're going to need a little more grid stats from him, but he's just overall kind of proving the team's right who passed on him. So we'll see what we can do. He's a, he's a fun player. But next up is Corson Coolmans. Uh, all the tools, none of the toolbox, though. The offense isn't great. The brain needs to improve. He's got a good shot and a good size, though, but we will uh, we'll see what happens there. But an intriguing prospect on some level. We've got Scott Perunovich. Did not have a full AHL season, but when he did play, he was very, very what could there, point total-wise. Had a uh, pretty decent World Championships, too. So we'll see what he does. St. Louis is getting a little bit older on the blue line. They did lose Petrangelo a couple years ago now. And you got to think here that there's going to be a role for him at some point. I uh, really kind of need to show it now, though, because he came out of college, so he's a bit older than most of the guys on this team here, on this prospect list. Rather, not on the Blues, but on Ping's AHL team. So we'll see what he's got, but it has to happen sooner rather than later. We got Jonathan Berggren here. He's not very physical, but he did show some nice offensive flashes last year. Will likely be on the power play when he gets time. Uh, very curious to see if he does actually end up kind of on the outskirts of the roster just to break camp because Detroit did bring in some extra forwards. I think he deserves it from what he showed last year, but he did kind of cool down. Uh, in the second half, so we'll see what happens with Berger in there. A couple sixes in Mackie Semoskevich and Theo Lindstein. Uh, a couple five and a halves in Tyler Madden and Helga Granz. Uh, Ian Mitchell down at a 4.5, who's probably not going to make the Bruins this year. And we have two players not on teams. David Ferentz, who's kind of in the AHL, chilling without an NHL team. And Ryan Merkley, hello from Russia. To wrap up Ping here, we have his stud, is Luke Hughes, his lottery ticket, Alex Newhook. Alrighty, and wrapping up the bottom half of these rankings with a top 10 average of 7.2, we've got the returning Spencer. So Spencer takes over a team that uh, drafted a pretty darn good player in Matvey Michkov. Uh, he is incredibly smart, phenomenal shot, has the offensive ability to be a true game-breaker, but he is a winger, and he is, you know, maybe not the most engaged defensively. He's not the biggest frame. So his path to relevance here is to be just an, an otherworldly point producer. Uh, but I gave him an 8.5 because he's, you know, real life, one of the top, probably the, well, I can't say top two because Fantillion is really good too, but he's in the conversation with top three, top four Maybe even top five, you really want, want to kind of knock him a little bit. Prospect in the most draft, most recent uh, DSAC draft, in real life draft, rather. But I think very highly of Mitchkov as a player. I think he could be a really, really dominant offensive force. I also have it at 7.5, Simon Nemec. Uh, pretty good AHL showing last year. He competes, chips in a little bit of offense. He will play on a power play in some extent. Will he be a quarterback? Will he be on PB1 or PB2? Kind of to be determined, but 
looks like a pretty darn good player there for New Jersey. New Jersey, they've got a couple good young defensemen. So Nemec is very much part of that. Uh, we have a lot of sevens here for Spencer, a lot of sevens. Uh, Thomas Harley, Dallas defenseman, pretty good size, good skating, can do a little bit of everything. He's already played in the NHL, and he kind of showed he could be relevant here sooner rather than later, uh, with obviously a little bit more upside for uh, for some beyond that. So that's what happens. Uh, also, Dylan Holloway shoots the puck really well. Should be a top six guy, but probably a wing, and that'll be a little detrimental to his value here. Uh, he competes really well, though, does a little bit of everything. If he was a center, though, he'd probably be like a 7.5, but is what it is. Lucas Reichel and John Jason Paterka uh, got to group them together because they came into the draft in the same year, and they're both from Germany. Uh, the German hockey uh, program, I guess the right word, has really started to kind of put some good players out. It's kind of started with Dreisaitl. Uh, Mo Sider really kind of took a huge leap after being drafted, and you see Tim Stutzla doing the same. Now you have Paterka and Reichel. You have some good young German talent. And both of these guys, they're wingers. It's, I think it's fun to have them both on the same DSAC team for that reason. They're both going to put up points in the NHL. Uh, Paterka's a bit more of a shooter, a bit more of a meat and potatoes player. I think you'll get a little bit more hits out of him than you will at Reichel. But Reichel is a bit more of a playmaker. He's got really good skill, good effort too. I think these guys are both going to be relevant, and I think they're both fun. We got Nathan or Matthew Coronado. Skates pretty well. Has a really good World Juniors. Uh, competes pretty well. Has a history at center, but he's probably a bit going to be a bit more of a winger when he uh, cracks Calgary full time. We got Nathan Gaucher. He's a, he is a center. Pretty strong compete. He's not overly gifted offensively, but he should be good enough to be relevant here. But if he's going to compete well, he's going to play a center. I think that. Sounds like a pretty good DSAC profile to me. So I'm going to have him at a 7 win. Maybe he could be a little bit lower on if someone else was trying to parse this out, but I I like the description of his game. We have Yuri Kulich. Pretty good shot. Chance to stay at center. Good skater. Pretty good, or a pretty good com- competitor as well. So being a center there helps him a little bit. We got uh, Rucker McGrordy. He does not skate very well. But, man, like a lot of the U.S. wingers who have come out of the NTDP lately, he big, he tries hard, he hits, he's got a pretty good shot. There's some similarity in his game to, uh, oh, God, what's the kid from Minnesota? He has another fun name. Josh has him. Let me look at Josh's team here real quick. Uh, Snuggerud, Jimmy Snuggerud. I... I see a lot of uh, similarities in their games. So I think McGrady will be a good DSAC player. And if we're being honest, I think it's a good player, or I think it's a good team to be on. I think Spencer will appreciate the positives to his game. Kind of in the 6.5 here, but there's a few of these for Spencer as well. Jacob Pelletier has a good shot, has a good skill, kind of small. We'll see what happens in Calgary, though. Tyler Boucher is a player I do want to kind of focus on. Ottawa drafted him too high in real life. I think he was like 11th overall. In his draft in 2021? Uh, yeah, but he could be all right for us. He is very physical. Very. But the offense lags a little bit. So in some ways, I don't think he's going to be maybe much of like a, a drop the glove and try to fight as often as this player. But I kind of kind of wonder if maybe he could be 
better Zach Cassian. And boy, I think there's no better team to be on in DSAC than the Hillsborough Hops for Tyler Boucher. And I really hope he makes it now just because of that. We got Zachary Bolduc. He is a center. Maybe not the most competitive, though. And I think that'll kind of live it on the, the physical stats there. He's got a really good shot, though. He's got some good skill, likely to be on a power play at some some level. But he didn't make Canada's World Junior Team, and the competitive edge is kind of a part of why he didn't make it. So we'll see if he if he makes it or if that will kind of keep him out of the league. But we'll find out. Leon Bischel, he's big, skates well, but he will need to be a banger to be relevant because the offense just isn't quite there. Um, he's he's kind of going to have to be a Nikita Zadorov type or a... I guess Radko Gudis, but Gudis is you, you, it's that's a, that's a dumb comparison just because he hits like just so so much. You can't really expect like anyone to to match that, but we'll see what happens. But Bischel would pretty much have to be in that mold to be relevant for us. Noah Ostland, uh, same team as Yuri Kulich for Buffalo, but he has a slight downgrade. He has a good shot, but it's not as good as Kulich's. He's not overly physical, and he's probably a little bit more likely to be a winger than Coolidge is. So he's going to get the half grade, downgrade, but it's kind of there. And we also have Lassie Thompson and Akil Thomas. Both of them kind of fall below the 6.5 uh, scale there for him. And overall, his stud, Matt Vemichkov, obviously. And the ladder ticket, uh, I'll go Reichel, but it's kind of hard to not put Reichel and Paterka together in a lot of things. So we'll... For the sake, we can just think of both. But if I had to pick one, I would probably go Reichel, maybe because, I don't know, I, I kind of liked Paterka in his draft more. So I guess maybe, like, in my head, like, I have a little bit more faith that Paterka will be DSAC relevant, and as such, I'm trying to take the guy who maybe is slightly less likely to be, or maybe, like, slightly less valuable than Paterka, in the sense that, you know... That the floor maybe isn't what Paterka's could be, and this is a very small difference. But maybe Reichel's ability to make plays can kind of help raise that, and maybe he just finds another level. It's really, really bad explanation, but I hope that makes a slight modicum of sense. All right, moving into the top five now, with a top ten average of seven point four, we've got Mike. On his own now, he kicked Nathan out the pasture, trimmed the fat, got rid of the loser. And we'll see what Mike can do here with the newly uh, branded, I would assume, Valley Jobin. I uh, assume you're going to move away from the off-constantly name. But the Valley Jobin franchise now has hockey. And boy, do they have a pretty good prospect here to maybe turn into their cornerstone in Leo Carlson. Uh, gave Carlson an 8.5. He's got really good skill. He's got a very good frame. He's definitely one of the bigger centers of all the prospects here. And he, he's got a pretty good motor to him, too. He's going to compete. He can definitely run a power play. He's going to stay at center. I think there's a whole lot to like there. I don't think he maybe has the higher-end skill of the other players in his draft, like Will Smith or like uh, Anna Fantilli or kind of Bernard. But I think he has other stuff that helps raise his floor in DSAC as well. We got a handful of 7.5s here. We have Cutter Gauthier. Uh, he's got a really good shot. I really liked him in his draft. I still really like him. He's not a burner, but he moves well. He has the potential to stick at center, which would be huge. But even if he is a winger, you know, maybe he's closer to a 7 for me. 
but he's got some good physicality to him. Like I said, he's got a great shot. He's going to score. He's going to be a very relevant player for us, but being able to stick at center and winning faceoffs is going to be big for his value. I got Matthew Knees here as well. Uh, he's got, maybe it's a lazy comparison because he plays for Toronto and because this player used to play for Toronto, but maybe he has a little Zach Kaiman to him. He's not an overly talented player on his own, but his skill set just complements the skill players on a team so much that I could see him being a top six winger in Toronto at some point in time, kind of doing some of the dirty work, you know, maybe playing a little bit more physical, digging the puck out of the corners, and he's going to pick up some secondary assists like that, or he's going to go to the net and uh, get some tip-ins or get some rebounds. And he's going to be, I think, the type of fantasy, type of winger, rather, that is conducive to fantasy value. We have Dustin Wolf here at a 7.5. The one holdback for me on Wolf from putting him at like an 8 or even an 8.5 would be of the size. If he was three inches taller, he would have an argument for being maybe the best goalie prospect in our whole league. But he's not. He's about six foot. He's been the AHL goalie of the year two times running. So he should be in the NHL at some point, maybe even this year. And I think he will stick in the NHL. It's just a matter of if that size is going to limit him from being a true high-end starting goalie or if he's going to be more of a uh, a pretty good 1A. And I think that'll really kind of depend on, or that'll really kind of decide his, his value here. So I'm trying to sit on the fence a little bit. I'm not going to go too high. I'm not going to go too low. I'm going to give him the chance to, to prove it himself. We got Zach Benson, recent pick here. Uh, he competes very well for his size. He's not big, but he competes well for it. And he's got some really great skill to make up for that. He is very talented with a puck on his stick, man. Uh, I think it's kind of lazy to compare him with Matthew Savoy because they're both on Buffalo, and they were on the same team in Winnipeg and Junior. But I think you can probably see now that Benson maybe was a bit more of the line driver than Savoy was. So I'm going to bump him higher than I would have Savoy. And we'll talk about Savoy later. He's not on Mike's team, but he's on a team in the top four. And, yeah, I think Benson can really put up some points here in the NHL, but not being overly physical. I mean, well, he he competes for his size, but he's not going to be playing the body often by any means. Uh, that'll hold him back a little bit, but I think he's still pretty good. We got Tom Villander, also at a 7.5 defenseman from Vancouver. Skates very well, competes. Probably not a ton of offense, but there's some people who really thought he was like the best defensive prospect in the in the draft last year, and or I guess technically this year, the most recent draft. Uh, but we'll see if that is DSAC relevant because part of that too is just being able to play defense. You know, good gap control, good good stick work, and that stuff doesn't really show up in a category for us. But I think there's enough talent there to to be relevant in some way, shape, or form. After all that, we still have a few sevens, too. Kirill Marchenko, he scores goals. We saw that last year. Uh, he's going to have more than four assists this year. That's just It was an anomaly with how often he scored compared to getting assists. That's just... You, you're going to get assists by accident in the NHL if you have the puck as much as he does. So that'll come up. He's got a good game. He's going to throw the body around a little bit. He's not a negative in grit, but he's not going to be a... Uh, a big hits guy, but he'll get you some here or there. Uh, we got Connor Zary. He is a center. Not the not the smoothest, not the fleetest of foot, uh, but he does compete very well, can make a few plays, and Calgary's going to have some openings here at some point. I think they got to maybe address their future here at some point and give him a look. Uh, maybe try to sell off some pieces. But 
We also have Cam York here, some good offensive, good offensive instincts, and he probably will have a really good shot at power play one in Philadelphia by the end of the year if he doesn't break camp with that particular role. Uh, he's not a tremendously skilled defenseman, but he's still pretty skilled. He's got good. He's more brain than hands when it comes to being able to produce offense, which is honestly probably more sustainable, if anything. So I think he'll be relevant probably just maybe more at the end of the year than he will be at the start of the year. Connor Geeky is also at a 7. I still like him a bit more than most. He's not a good skater, but he's big, and he's got a really good brain. He can make plays. He's got good hands for his size. If he can win some face-offs, I think he'll be good for this format, and you know he's going to get the net. He's going to create some havoc there, maybe tip some pucks, but I think he'll be solid here overall. We also have Ivan or Ivan Moroshnichenko with Washington. He competes very well, has a great shot. Uh, he returned from cancer last year, which you got to imagine uh, battling that and trying to train uh, will limit your performance. So I, I expect him to show more this year than he did last year. But he could be a pretty good depth piece here. Uh, like I said, the, the compete and the shot, I think that's going to be DSEC relevant, and I really like the player. Also, Axel Sandin Pelika. At a seven for Detroit, defenseman. Could be a nice power play player. He's got a pretty good shot, good offensive instincts. I think he's about 5'10", maybe 5'11", so he's not huge, but he's not small, small. But he's definitely going to be more of an offensive guy than anything else for our league. And if you can run a power play uh, with enough uh, volume on the power play, you're going to put up some points. You will find your way onto a DSAC roster, and I do like the player in real life too. Obviously, he's on Detroit, but we'll see what happens there. A few 6.5s with the Breaker Evans. Uh, you got to see, he's a guy to watch for now. If the offense ticks up a little bit more, he could be decent, but he's probably going to need to be a power play guy to be relevant. He's got a good shot, but mm, not really sold on him. Shakir Mukamadulin, phenomenal name, phenomenal name. But he was, he, for his size, you just seem like, he, can you just like hit like a little bit more, please? Throw the body a little more, be a little more physical. But he quite, hasn't quite done that yet. You know, if, if, he, if that translates to the NHL, he could be a pretty good DSAC guy, but if not, he does at least have some decent offense, so he's played well in the KHL, but he may be more of like a waiver wire type player if he doesn't hit as much as he could with that frame. Got Maverick Bork. He could stick at center. Competes well. He's got some skill. Not overly physically gifted, though. He could score a bit, though, maybe get a little power play time, but we'll see. Quentin Musty, another great name. Uh, but the skating, uh, fortunately, not as great. He shoots well. He's got some skill to put up points. Might be like a second-line winger at best, but probably not enough to his game to to be valued in DSAC like a second-line winger be valued in real life. Riley Height, another guy who may stick at center. He's got a really good brain, but he's kind of small, not overly physical. Uh, sticking at center would be key to his DSAC relevance at any point. Uh, a few sixes here with Samuel Fajemo, Hendricks Lapierre, Nils Lundqvist, Jan Jenik, and Jan Mishak. Uh, Fajemo has a pretty nice shot, producing the AHL a little bit. Time to show it, though. Lapierre has some skill that can flash on the power play. Size, skating, and compete kind of limit his overall ceiling, though. That's really a triumvirate of uh, things you don't want to hear about a prospect. <laughs> Nils Lundqvist with Dallas should have some opportunity here in the next couple of years. Thomas Harley's already kind of taking the next leap. We'll see if Lundqvist can do the same. Doesn't look like a game changer, but he does do a little bit of everything here. It should be relevant. Just hopefully sooner rather than later for Mike's sake. Uh, Yannick had some nice AHL numbers, but we'll see if the offense translates. 
Arizona will have opportunity for him, and it's up to him to grasp it at this point. Meshack needs a nice year to get back on track in the AHL, but he does have some skill and some compete. But uh, the production last time in the AHL kind of limited uh, his ceiling in the eyes of some. A few 5.5s with Simon Robertson, Igor Zamula, and Topi Niemela. Anthony Tuomisto at a 5. Jet Wu at a 4.5. Sasha Shemalevsky at a 4. And I guess Florian Shakai at a 3.5. Uh, he's Wi-Fi's younger brother with a similar skill set, but when you have that kind of skill set, you got to be really good with it to even make the NHL. Like, Arbor Jackai is objectively not NHL skilled, but he has a ridiculous compete and physical edge that he's good enough in the NHL for his role. And Shakai has to... They're both. They're both a Shakai. Florian has to be the exact same to make it, and that's not easy. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, you need to be... He's got to be on this team, right? They already have Arbor. you got to have Florian, too. As I take a drink of water, because my voice is already starting to feel it, uh, let's wrap up Mike's side here. We have his stud, Leo Carlson, his ladder ticket, Connor Geeky. All right, top four time. And four with a top 10 average of 7.05. I have Kevin. And yes, this is the one I was talking about who is higher than some teams who have a better top 10 average score. Because Mike had a 7.4, Spencer had a 7.2, and Ping had a 7.15. While Kevin only has a 7.05, what Kevin has that these other teams don't, and this is why I left myself open to moving teams around, uh, Kevin has Connor Bedard. <laughs> and Connor Bedard is a 10 out of 10 on my scale. And having that one true, no doubt about it, game-breaker, generational talent prospect that's going to be huge for Kevin's team. And that one player will make a bunch bigger impact than having a bunch of 7s or 7.5s. So let's get into Connor Bedard. He has an absolutely ridiculous shot. You can't name more than two or three guys who have a better shot in the NHL already. And this kid is 18. He's just, he's such a stud. He's, I, I you can't say enough good about him. Like, Go go look at the hat trick he scored in the prospects tournament. Yes, it's not up against a good goalie. Yes, it's up against a bunch of guys who are probably like junior slash AHL quality, just camp invites. But you can see that he is different than anyone else on that ice. He's going to like this year in his rookie season in the NHL, he could score forty goals and I would not be surprised one bit. Like, his shot is that good. It's that deceptive. The release is remarkable. You can't say enough good things about Connor Bedard. While the depth in this system isn't as great, there is still some some okay depth. Caden Gooley had a pretty good rookie year. The grid stats were pretty appealing. You know, the offense looks like it has some room to grow. I think Caden Gooley maybe could be on Kevin's team this year. Uh, we have Matthew Savoy, who I kind of briefly mentioned under the scope of Zach Benson winger slash center probably more winger to me he's kind of small but he's a pretty good playmaker but is that playmaking set offense is it game breaking or is it just good enough though we'll see there nate danielson is a seven probably better real life player than here uh, but he does everything well got a pretty good shot uh the main drawback on him last year was his whl numbers weren't very good for a prospect drafted where he was by detroit but was it a he's not good enough or was it his teammates aren't good enough so 
We'll see if uh, he can grow better in Brandon this year or if he gets traded elsewhere and can really pop off with better teammates. But overall, I think I like his D-Sec outlook slightly more than Marco Casper because I like the offense slightly more with Nate Danielson. But we'll see. Also at a seven is Matthew Wood. He's a goal-scoring winger with some size. Collegiate player. Uh, doesn't use the size as much as he could, though. But, you know, if, if he le- leans into that a little bit more, a uh, very D-Sec relevant player, I think. Because that, that's the goal scoring and size is kind of where you need to be if you're going to be a winger here and you're not going to have the faceoff boost. You got Nolan Foote leading off a handful of 6.5s. Bigger winger who is physical. He definitely hits a lot. He doesn't skate very well, though. He's got a nice shot, but the offense isn't really great. Uh, he's probably more of like a, a very niche role player for us. Got Thomas Bordalo, probably a center. I believe he had some pretty good face-off numbers at World Juniors two tournaments ago. But we'll see if that translates. He skates well. He's got some decent skill. He's got a good shot. He's not overly physical. Not overly big. But I think he could be a little bit relevant if things break right for him. Ishak Rosen, NHL talent uh, with good AHL and World Juniors showings. But he does kind of lack in the overall game. So he's kind of good with the puck on the stick, but... Will he be well-rounded enough to get a role in real life? He does. He can put the puck in the net, though. Also at a 6.5, I have a Jordan Dumay. He absolutely obliterated the QMJHL last year. He has some incredible skill, some tremendous power play ability. But he's small, man. He's not like Lane Hudson small. He's also a, a winger, whereas Hudson's a defenseman. So there's differences in how important that is. But... Man, if, if he goes out into the AHL this year, and if he has a good year against the AHL, I think he's going to be higher than a 6.5 next year. We also have Mikhail Guliev. Guliev, yeah, Guliev. Uh, strong offensive instinct. Kind of slight, not overly physical, but can probably run a power play. Uh, a couple of relatively highly drafted real-life defensemen, Broberg and Victor Soderstrom, both at 6. Broberg will have some opportunity at Edmonton this year. Will he... Uh... <coughs> Ooh, sorry about that. The voice is starting to not not do too well. I'm going to take, take a break after Kevin here and come back to the ones here tomorrow. Um, yeah, Broberg will have some opportunity. Uh, probably not going to be overly physical. Probably not going to put up a ton of points, but maybe he'll have enough ice time to negate that. And I'm kind of a little not too sold on that, which is why he's down to six. Soderstrom has seen some games, but the offense isn't quite where we thought it would be at this point. And outside of being, you know, kind of okay on blocks, he didn't really do much for DSAC when he did play in the NHL last year. Drew Hellison is a defensive first defenseman, so maybe he'll get some grit stats. Brendan Brisson, who's also a six. Uh, Goyette is a six, and Igor Zafrogan is also a six. Brisson, good college year. Played in a pretty good AHL year last year as well. Not a great skater, doesn't really compete overly well, but we'll see. Uh, David Goyette, Seattle, small and inconsistent. Has some good skill, but we'll see if that works out, though. And I know uh, Kevin kind of targeted some small skill players, try to find a guy who, who breaks out and can be. Like, I think he invoked the name of Patrick Kane. So we'll see if, if Goyette can be one of those guys or if he's one of the few that just don't make it for Kevin. I'm not sure yet. Zavrogan is a young goalie. I honestly have no clue on this one. Good Russian junior numbers, but the Russian junior league is very far removed from the National Hockey League, and I don't really have the ability to properly say anything about him. 
few 5.5s in Zachary Jones, William Dufour in Ruslan Kajakev, Kajayev, uh, Bobby Brink with a 5. Uh, yeah, flawed skating. Q uh, Spencer. Um, Patrick Hammerla at a 4.5. And lastly, Lukas Parik with a 2.5. No team. Hello from Czechia. And to wrap this all up for Kevin, we've got his stud, obviously kind of Bedard in the lottery ticket. I'm going to go with Jordan Dume. All right, moving into the top three now, we have Tom with a top 10 average score of 7.8. Uh, really good farm system here, a lot of depth, a lot of volume as well. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this point, get to that point later, but... There's something else that this system has the most of. Uh, but the headliner here is Adam Fantilli. I believe this is the only 9.5 I gave out for uh, these grades. So, undisputably, in my opinion, the, the number two prospect roster in any AHL system at the moment. Uh, he's a centerman for Columbus. Very good size. Skates very well. Uh, competes really hard. He does literally everything you want. He's a first overall pick quality prospect in like 90% of drafts. He just kind of happened to be in the same draft as Connor Bedard. And Bedard is a potentially generational prospect. I don't think Fantilli is quite that level, but I think Fantilli is a, a, a franchise player you absolutely want to build around. I think Columbus will be very happy with him. And I think Tom will be very happy with him. Uh, we got a couple eights here for Tom. First one is Owen Power, another former first overall, or a not another, but a former first overall pick. Uh, defenseman, very good brain. He's got very good skills in his frame. Um, he's not going to hit a ton. Uh, he blocked some shots last year for Buffalo, though, and I think the offense will continue to tick up. He'll be a valuable player for our format. Uh, the other eight is Shane Wright. Maybe he shouldn't be an 8 at this point, but I, I still want to think he can be. Um, centerman, he's got NHL traits. He's got a good shot. He competes well. He just hasn't had the best start to his time with the Kraken. Um, a weird thing where he, because he's from the CHL, he could not play in the American Hockey League last year because of his age. It's really unfortunate because that's where he should have been the entire time. But Seattle kind of had to work some loopholes around to get him there briefly. Um, ended up going back to junior after World Juniors and had a very good season, obviously, because he's too good for that level. But he wasn't quite good enough for the NHL level. And I believe uh, the AHL acquiesced and they let him play, or sorry, the CHL rather, acquiesced and let him play this year. He was technically like one game shy of being eligible for the AHL, but all the leagues decided it would be best for him as a player for his individual growth to, to play in the AHL this year. So we're going to get a full season of him in Coachella Valley, most likely, unless he proves he's good enough for the NHL. But I think there's something there. It's just really unfortunate that it hasn't happened yet. Uh, next up is Brant Clark, L.A. defenseman. He's got very good offense. One of the better offensive defensemen prospects here, probably top three in that regard. Uh, he's just, just such an awkward skater, man. <laughs> He competes well, but he doesn't move around as well as he could because it's just the, the the form is just yeah it's it's not pretty. 
like he's not like slow or anything, but it just it's he doesn't have a good good stride. But he's got all the offense in the world and he's gonna try really hard out there and I think he'll make something of himself, but I just think he may not quite end up reaching his full ceiling. But even if he doesn't reach his full ceiling, he can still be a valuable DSAC player. Also here, quite a few 7.5s, and quite a few of these guys are defensemen, including this guy, Jamie Drysdale. Uh, taking a bit of a step back, as it seems like he may be more of a good puck mover than a point producer when it comes to having the puck on his stick. But he moves around the ice really well. That was one of his pluses in his draft year, and that certainly hasn't changed. Um, so you, you've got to think he'll be on the power play at some point, because let's be honest, Anaheim doesn't have a ton of options at the moment. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be he'll be fine. I just think he may not be as good for ours, us as uh, he was maybe thought to be when he was drafted a couple years back. Next up, another defenseman, Kevin Korchinski. Another good offensive defenseman, probably going to play on the power play too. Absolutely lit up the WHL. Uh, very good prospect to have. We'll see. He doesn't quite have the pedigree as Drysdale, but the offensive... Produ- uh, I can't, you can't really say that because Drysdale was in the NHL last year. That's, that's not fair to him. So I won't do that. Uh, next up is Juraj Slavkovsky, V, uh, another former first overall draft pick here. Uh, I'm probably a bit lower on him now because he just quite, hasn't quite put all together. And he was hurt for part of last year, so that's not really fair to put on him. But if it all clicks for him, he's going to be a very good player. He could still be pretty good without everything clicking for him, and that's kind of why he's at a 7.5 or not higher. But... He's such a big winger. He's got incredible offensive skill. It just kind of has to figure out his body and how to use his hands properly in a way. Um, a bit of a, a variable outcome here, but I, I think there's some potential for him to be a, a a bit of a power forward there in the wing, and that could be very helpful for, for our format. Next up, another defenseman, David Reimbacker. Moves pretty well. He's got a good brain. Competes well. Should be well-rounded with power play points, too, on some level. Uh, there's a lot to like here. But, you know, kind of a bit more of a, uh, like I said, a bit more well-rounded, which isn't bad, obviously. But maybe not going to stand out in any one particular category. We'll see, though. He was the first defenseman off the board in the draft, most rec- the most recent draft in here in 2023. Um, he wasn't consensus but still a very good player. Uh, we have Dalibor Dvorsky, centerman. Should stick at center, at least. Um, did very well at World Juniors. Um, maybe didn't have the greatest of seasons in the junior league he played in, but he competes very well. He's got a good shot. He's got a good skill. You could keep that all in a, a center position. He's going to have some value for us. The final 7.5 here is Dmitry Simashev, yet another defenseman, a player who some scouts thought he was maybe the best defenseman in the most recent draft. But obviously, Freinbacker had enough uh, supporters to go ahead of Simashev. Um, he's got Simashev has very good size. He skates very well, can play the body a little bit, a little bit of everything. I would very much not be surprised at all if he is better than Reinbacker for our format, but... We'll see. And at this point, I'm not really feeling confident enough to differentiate them in their grade. So that is three, four, seven players with a 7.5 rating for Tom. One, two, three, five of them defensemen. (laughs) We get into a few sevens here with Jack Quinn. Had a decent first NHL showing. Didn't 
do anything to be relevant in our format last year, but enough to show some promise. Uh, it's going to be very good on the offensive side of the puck, and it's going to play on the power play. Ridley Grieg, very competitive center, can get to the net. The offense will be all right, but the offense really kind of only needs to be all right if you're going to be a center, if you can kind of help out in some non-offensive categories. Uh, Philip Tomasino, another seven, probably going to be a winger at this point in time now. Center hopes are fading, but he can score a little bit. He's going to help out a little bit in the grid scats too. He's not going to be a complete negative there, so that's a nice bonus. We have a lot of 6.5s here, my goodness. Tyson Forster, very good shot, and in a very small sample size, produced a lot for Philadelphia last year. He hits a bit. He's not exactly a burner. Um, probably going to be a middle six power play scorer. But if he's going to hit a little bit and if he's going to score some goals and going to get some special teams points, uh, hey, not a bad player. But probably kind of more towards the bottom of the roster. Chaz Lucius in Winnipeg. He doesn't skate particularly well. He's got some skill. He's got some compete. He's had some injuries as of late, which is really unfortunate. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy and perhaps show he deserves to be a bit higher on this, but yeah, we'll see. Prokhor Poltapov, uh, he hits a bit. It's got some skill and some skating. That's kind of really it here. I know it's kind of very vague, and there's going to see a lot of the same explanations throughout this whole podcast, but I mean, at the end of the day, these are all you know, relatively decent players. It's just a matter of if everything clicks or not, so... It's not always going to be the, the skill set that kind of holds people back. Sometimes it's just unfortunate circumstances. Sometimes it's, you know, the, the brain, the hockey IQ. But pretty much everybody on this list is going to have some level of, of skill. But, yeah. Zach Dean, 6.5. Centerman, formerly of Vegas, now with St. Louis. He's got a good shot, competes a little bit with some good skill. But as you kind of notice with some of these very similar descriptions, very similar tier ratings, of course, and just kind of a lot of guys kind of on the fringes here. Nils Hoaglander of Vancouver, a very competitive winger, but maybe he's not going to be top six at this point. Hits a bit, can bring some points. He's got a, some very flashy skill that hasn't translated to consistent offense, though. Um, Connor McMichael is a centerman, maybe not the greatest of skaters. But one side, he's, once he's in the O-zone, though, certainly not bad. He, he, he moves better in the short areas, in smaller areas, rather than he does, like, blue line to blue line. Um... You know, he's going to put some points, and Washington's obviously a, a decent team to be as long as Ovechkin's around, but they're heading towards a painful rebuild at some point in time. Um, maybe Mike Michael can be the face of that. Ty Smith with Pittsburgh. The shine has faded a little bit. He had a pretty good rookie year in New Jersey and just hasn't really particularly come close to that level since. Um, with Pittsburgh now, uh, maybe he can kind of put it all together again and get back to being relevant, but yeah, it's not uh, not looking great for Ty Smith at the moment. But it's not looking awful for him either yet. Danilo Yurov, very skilled winger. Can make some plays off the rush. Just nothing really particularly stands out there. Uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi, one of the other final 6.5s here. Very good skill. He's got a really, really good shot. He's just very inconsistent and hangs out around the perimeter too much. That's going to limit his offense if he's going to try to hang out on the perimeter and shoot. But we'll see what happens there. A player I liked probably a little bit more in his draft than I do now, but we'll see. He still has plenty of time to kind of add some some reasons to be a believer. And the final 6.5 here is Adam Gajan, a goalie for Chicago. Um, a bit too aggressive, but he does move well and has some real potential, just a matter of kind of reining that in and trying to be a little more 
focused and technically sound, so he's not trying to rely on that athleticism because if he does, he's just going to end up putting himself out of position sometimes and it's going to create opportunities to score goals against him. I've got a few sixes here. P- Pierre Olivier Joseph, Adam Beckman, and Carson Bjornsson. Um, Joseph has played in the NHL. I just don't think he's really showing relevance yet for us. Adam Beckman had a nice AHL last year. Last year, Got a pretty good shot. The overall game, though, just kind of lacks for what we want in our, our system, our scoring. Uh, there's Carson Bjornsson, the other player I mentioned. Decent goalie prospect for Philadelphia, but he's probably not going to be a starter. He might end up being like a 1B or a backup. Um, could be relevant, but kind of needs to improve to be more relevant. He is, though, efficient in his movement, and he is smart on the ice, but does he have the the athleticism and the uh, the size to truly make the the hard saves? Eh, we'll see. A couple fives as well. Axel Janssen Falby. Uh, he's played in the NHL, but he's not really an NHL lock at this point. He hits a bit. The offense and shots just aren't really great. He's just not relevant for us. Vladislav Kolyachonok. Uh, no real standout traits here, to be honest with you. Just kind of a very meh player, and that's probably not good enough to make it to the NHL. And if you're not in the NHL, well, certainly you're not going to be uh, in DSAC. And lastly, we have... Four players here, currently not in an actual organization. Um, that is the, the downside here for Tom. Um, Alex Baraboulet is, but he's at a 3.5 for me. He's had some chances in the NHL. He's currently still with Tampa Bay, but he's very much kind of like a, a quadruple A player, to borrow a baseball term. He's not good enough for the NHL, but he's pretty good in the AHL. Yeah, it's just a shame. But Jack Duggan career AHL or probably no NHL organization wants him. Lucas Elvenes, hello from Sweden. Alexei Melnichuk, hello from Russia. Bodie Wild, hello from Slovakia because he is uh, not a, uh, a good attitude. And the play is not going to make up for the good ad- or the lack of good attitude. And he got himself right off of uh, the Islanders because Ludla Morello does not put up with any shit. Alright, that was a pretty long uh, thing for Tom there, but Tom uh, stud Fantilli, obviously ladder ticket. I'm gonna go with Slavkowski because if things click for him, he could be really, really good. But even if they don't, he's still gonna be relevant. But I just think there's the the most uh, potential to exceed the grade. I guess is a good way to phrase that. The second ranked team here with a top ten average in my eyes of a seven point seven five. We've got Barry, um, headlined here by Maddie Beniers, Calder winner last year centerman who did everything well at the NHL level already and you know he's going to improve on those things so a whole lot to like there uh, he's got another really talented center an 8.5 here in Mason McTavish really good goal scorer got a really strong shot he's already proved he can do well in the NHL now it's just time for him to take that next step and uh, truly showcase himself as a potential one center um, quite a few eights here we got Spencer Knight he entered the player assistance program for what is now kind of been revealed to be OCD issues when uh, just general health and not being able to, to stay healthy, just random illnesses. He's still an immense talent. He moves very well. He's got good size. He should be a solid starter. Um, I'm not going to mark him down for the, the player assistant stuff. Um, we'll see if he can show this year that he's he's back, he's, he's healthy again, and he can get back to being the potential goalie that we all think he can be. 
Another eight here is Wyatt Johnston. Top line potential here. Very strong offense. He's going to be a center probably, but he's not exactly a huge faceoff guy. Maybe you have a winger who can take draws to kind of help him out a little bit in certain situations. He's going to work hard. He's not exactly the, the, the fleetest of foot, but top line player there for sure. Will Smith here at an eight. A uh, guy who looks like the real deal. Great skill. Great shot. Had a very, very good year in the NTDP um, alongside uh, Gabe Perot. Kind of throw that out there. Um, doesn't lay the body a whole lot, so it's probably going to hold him back from being an 8. I don't think he has the, the goal scoring that like Mason McTavish could. So we're going to grade downgrade. I don't say downgrade him, but there's gonna be, he's going to be a grade, or half a grade, rather, uh, lower than McTavish. The final 8 here for Barry is Jake Sanderson. Had a very nice rookie year. Probably a guy who's a little bit better in real life than he is in fantasy, but he'll still be pretty good in fantasy, too. Um, the points are going to improve, obviously. He eats a ton of minutes. He's going to play special teams. He's going to block shots. There's going to be a lot to like here about Jake Sanderson, and I think Barry's going to be very happy with him. Soon, of course. Um, William Eklund here is at a 7. He had a pretty tough D plus 1, but he bounced back last year moving to the American Hockey League. Uh, he's a very, very good skater. Moves around the ice very well. He's got the hands to beat defenders in one-on-one situations. He just kind of lacks a little finish. Um, you got to hope he can start scoring goals more. <laughs> That's going to be huge for him, but until I see that, I'm going to put him at a 7. He could be a 7.5 or maybe even up to an 8 if you're, if he just absolutely goes off this year, but we'll see. Uh, Olin Zellweger here, I'm going to put at a 7. Two-time WHL defenseman of the year. He's got a really good shot, a very strong offensive mind, but I found this kind of funny here when reading the blurb about him because the author I read here for this um, actually had a pro comparison for Olin Zellweger, and it was Sam Gerrard, who Barry just gave to me for a fourth-round pick at the draft take. Um, someone else we'll talk to here uh, a little further on down the list. But uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't help it, but think it was kind of funny that um, his pro comp was a guy that Barry just kind of like, like Andy and Toy Story, like, I don't want to play with you anymore, and Sam Gerrard. So... Uh, the other sevens, because there's quite a few here below Eklund and Zellweger. Uh, Sebastian Kosa, he's got an incredibly large ceiling. If things click for him, he could be the best goalie prospect um, in this episode. But, man, is he ever inconsistent. Finished this year strong in the ECHL. Um, you got to hope he goes to the AHL this year and shows a little bit. But he was brutal in... The prospects tournament, absolutely awful. Can't stop a beach ball for large stretches of time. And it's essentially pickup hockey. The systems are very minimal. The defensive structure is hardly there. So it's not an easy tournament for goalies to play. But, like, my God, dude. That was a lot of goals against. Um, as a Wings fan, I'm obviously hopeful he can be that. But I'll be honest with you, if I'm not maybe slightly less optimistic than I was on draft day, I was excited for him on draft day. But I probably would have had him like a 7.5 or maybe an 8 in his draft year. He's going to be a 7 right now until he proves it in the AHL, but he very much has the potential to move up this list. Another Red Wing here with a 7 is Simon Edvinson. Very big frame, very mobile defenseman who can make plays. Has a little bit of bite to his game, so he's going to throw some hits. He's going to block some shots. But it's just a matter of if the offense is really going to pop or if he's just going to be a solid offensive producer, which for our sake won't be... Great. It'll be really good for real life for Detroit in real life. But I think that may kind of make Evanson more of like a, 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 a middling D-Sect defenseman, which honestly is still like really good because like if, if you can be like a, you know, like someone's three, four, or five on their team for a defenseman, 
hey, that's very valuable, especially if he's going to have some grit to him. Also here is Alexander Holtz, who, man, I thought he would kind of be good by now, <laughs> but he hasn't been. He's got a great shot. He's got a good skill. But the NHL coaches don't necessarily like to compete, and the brain and the feet seem a little slow for the level. And those two in tandem are uh, not great, but we'll see. It looks like he's going to get a little chance to kind of prove himself this year. Uh, if he does, cool. Uh, if he doesn't, that's probably the final nail in the coffin on him being a, a good NHLer. But until then, I'm still going to give him a 7 because he has the potential to be a, a top 6 goal-scoring winger with power play time. But we'll see. Uh, Frank Nazar. Might not be a centerman because of his size, but he does skate very well, and he does really give a good effort for someone as small as he is. He's got a little bit of offense to him. He just kind of needs to show he's healthy. Had a few uh, injuries uh, last year, but we'll see what uh, what comes of that. But enough there to be optimistic. Uh, Pavel Minchikov, good offensive skill. OHL Defenseman of the Year because the Anaheim Ducks had the Defenseman of the Year at all levels. Uh, the other one, obviously, being Tristan Luno, who I talked about with Alex, I believe, in the queue. Um, but Minchikov was in the O. A little more offense and defense uh, might make him kind of a very specific role uh, with Anaheim if and when he cracks that team. So uh, we'll see uh, see what happens there. Oliver Moore, um, I kind of describe him as Dylan Larkin light. Um, skates very well. He competes really hard. Uh, he'll grab some points too, if even if he's not driving the play much. I think he might be more of like a second line player, maybe a really good 3C but, hey, if he can be, you know, even like 75% on Dylan Larkin, that's a valuable player for our league. On the final seven here is Devon Levi. He would, he would honestly be an 8, 8.5 if he was like three inches taller, but he's only six foot. However, he's done nothing but prove people wrong, though. So I'm certainly not going to write him off. I'm just going to be a little conservative, I guess, in, in what I put his, his grade here. But he was incredible in college. Um, has already tasted the NHL. I think we'll kind of get a good look at him this year because Buffalo is going into this year with, uh, I think it's just him and UPL as their two goalies. So we'll see if, if Levi has has what it takes. We get down here into a few uh, 6.5s. Uh, Rasmus Kapari, now with Winnipeg, looked good in the AHL last year. It looks like he'll have a good shot to make the Jets roster out of camp. Maybe curious to see what he does there. Got a couple guys in Vancouver. Uh, Vasily Podkolzin, he's skilled and competitive, but the skating holds him back, and he hasn't broken through yet like people had hoped, and it's kind of starting to look like maybe he's not going to be a uh, a real game-breaker. He'll make the NHL, but it's just a matter of finding ways to be relevant for DSAC. He He's, like I said, he's a competitive player. He's certainly not afraid to hit, uh, but we'll see if the offense um, can move him up into a large enough share of ice time to be um, more than, you know, just kind of like a, a depth guy for us. Fabian Lazell, really the, the only good prospect in Boston at this point. <laughs> um, he's a pretty good skater. He's got some skill. He's kind of in and out, though, with the compete. Uh, he's going to get some opportunity with Boston, though. They've had some some high-profile uh, retirements. A few guys leave the team for salary reasons, so he'll get a chance at some point. Um, Atu Ratu, uh, Another, uh, he's going to play center, for sure. He definitely tries really hard. He can score a little bit. He's just not particularly as good of a skater as maybe, maybe people projected him when he was younger because he was supposed to be a, a pretty clear first overall pick. Actually, maybe not clear, but the, the most likely first overall pick in his draft 
uh, about a couple years in advance. And then by the time he got to his draft, I think he ended up going in the second round. So eh, we'll see. I think he's already been at the NHL level. He's shown he can kind of hang a little bit. So we'll see if he can build on that enough. Um, Denton Matejchuk, he's got pretty good skill. Skates pretty good with good effort. Uh, just a matter of if everything translates into the NHL because that's like the biggest caveat here and the biggest cop-out with so many of these guys are, like I said before, on a different team here. Like, There's a lot of a lot of talent. It's just a matter of if, uh, if it translates because you can look really good at every level, but sometimes you just get to the NHL and it just doesn't work. Um, next up here is Brad Lambert. I'm going to have him at a 6.5. Uh, this is a player I don't like. I'll be honest. I I I was thrilled when Detroit did not take him. Um, he's incredibly inconsistent. The compete the compete issues just frustrate coaches at a ridiculous rate. He's got a very abrasive father who likes to think he knows what he what's best for his son, which cannot uh, sometimes not do too well with the coaches and staff. Um, he did very well in junior last year though, but he hasn't shown anything against men. He looked bad in Finland, bounced around a few teams, couldn't find anything that worked, uh, did not do well in the American League last year, had a very kind of poor showing at his most recent World Juniors, but once he played in the CHL, he was pretty good. It's just, he has all the talent in the world, it's just a matter of if it clicks for him or not, and I just, I think it could, I just don't want to be the one who takes that bet, though. Next up is Arseny Kritsyuk. Another 6.5. He has a really, really good shot. He's got some skill and some skating. Has shown a little bit in the KHL. Just a matter of if he comes over, uh, will it uh, will it work, or does he not have the the skills to to get it done there? The the the, the well rounded parts of his game. Also at a 6.5, here is Owen Beck. Got some. Uh, got a nice shot. He'll definitely crash the net because he's he's that type of player who competes a little bit. Um, probably gonna stick at center, but. It's not a lock by any means, but looks like he'll be relevant. All right, then we got a few sixes. We got Braden Schneider. Uh, he's got some pretty good grid stats, though. He's got a the offense just isn't really all that good. Um, looks like he might be more of like a waiver wire guy, but if Barry can keep around on the cheap, hey, maybe that's not uh, not the worst worst depth defenseman to have on a team. Alexander Alexiev has the the skill set to be a decent banger, but the offense isn't great. Um, kind of similar to Braden Schneider in that way. Pavel Dorofeyev, a uh, good shot, some skill. He's not the quickest, though, which could, could kind of limit him. Kind of one of these things with all these these kind of more offensive wingers, you know, if it's just... There's a lot of players like Dorofeyev out there, but there's only a finite number of NHL slots. Nikita Chiprikov uh, has some good skill. Can play the power play a little bit. It's just kind of like Dorofeyev. It, will, it, will it work in the NHL? Isaac Howard, good skills, good skater. Uh, he's not exactly the strongest competitor, a bit kind of smaller side. He had a really, really fun suit, though, in his draft. But kind of looks like he might be, might have been more of the product of good players around him at the NTDP as opposed to being the reason for uh, the NT, NTDP being good. Handful of 5.5s here. Simon Holmstrom has the mind and the hands, but he's just not quite on the level to make up for skating concerns. Um, Jacob Perot, good shot. Kind of took a step back in the AHL last year, which isn't great. Um, he's going to need to get back to his previous level and far exceed that to really kind of get back into an NHL trajectory, unfortunately. Uh, Alex Turcott, uh, plot, a prospect who in 2019 in his draft, I really 
thought for sure he was going to be a, a surefire NHLer. I didn't really see many flaws with his game. He wasn't a player I was hoping Detroit would take at that pick. I thought there were better players available, but I thought he was a clear top 10 pick. And my goodness, has it just not happened for him. The clock is really starting to tick here. He's a bit on the smaller side. He competes really well. There's still some prospect pedigree there, but his injuries have kind of held him back. And the offense just doesn't seem like it's coming around like people may have hoped. But we'll see. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, still with the uh, Vancouver, because he got traded last year for basically nothing. But he's back in Russia now. So the Vancouver still has his rights, but it's looking like he may not come back. He's going to be at a 4.5 here. He had the size, he had the talent, but the attitude and the effort just didn't work with the NHL. I don't know if that was a, a Rangers thing or what, but it's just looking like a guy who came over just isn't really too happy, and uh, now I'm back over in Russia. Hopefully he's happy there, but, you know, we'll see, you know, about Russia and all that. Ryan Suzuki at a 4.5 as well. Probably not an NHL at this point. Skates well, but injuries kind of hurt, and he's not really producing at a rate to earn a role big enough for his shortcomings. And uh, just kind of a guy who hasn't, it looks like he's kind of buried in the system. Caden uh, Primo looks like he's been all great in the AHL, but awful in the NHL. It's not over for him yet, but he's probably not the future in that for Montreal. And lastly, Simon Reforce. Um, no team because he left uh, Tampa Bay and went back to Sweden. Still have no no idea why that was. Contract was signed. That's going to be a 2.5. Unfortunately, there's no ones. There's no Barry. Why do you have this guy level players? But Simon Reforce might be uh, the closest to that. And to wrap up Barry's team here, the stud, Matty Beneers, the ladder ticket, Sebastian Kosa. All right, and that leaves us with one. Final team here with a top 10 average of an 8. Those of you who are smart and can uh, deduce who is left here based on uh, process elimination, you'll know it's Josh. Uh, We got a very, very loaded uh, system here. We got starting off with a 9 in Jake Ottinger. He looks like an absolute stud. He's been at the NHL over a few years now, and he's done nothing but perform as a goalie. He's probably a top five dynasty goalie at the moment, and that's a very good piece to have. He's called up this year. Other players who could get called up, uh, I don't remember if they were or not. Bowen Byram, I think, has been held back for now. He's an 8.5 for me, very talented defenseman. He was very highly thought of in his draft coming out of the WHL. Um, He's had a couple of concussions, I believe, but he moves very well. He's got good size. He's not afraid to use it with hitting. Uh, He's going to produce offense. He's going to be on a team where... Uh, points will come just because of the talent around him. A very, very good defenseman, one of the very best in our AHL systems here we're talking about. Also at an 8.5 is Matthew Boldy. Shoots a lot, scores a lot, will play on the, p- play on the power play. Decent frame, and he's not going to be a total negative in hits. He's going to use it a little bit. Uh, there's a lot to like here. It's a very, very strong player for our format. A uh, couple eights here, Quentin Byfield. Looks like he should stick at center. Has terrific size, terrific skill. He hasn't quite shown the production yet, but I'm not out on him yet because there's just so many tools here. And having his size with those tools creates a very, very um, exciting prospect if things click for him. I don't want to be lazy here, but when you look at the size, look at the capabilities here, I kind of wonder if he could be like a Tage Thompson type if things like finally click for him 
I don't think he'll be quite that level of a goal scorer, but all-around offensive production from that size at the center, I, I think very highly of Byfield still. Also at an 8 is Jesper Wallstedt, very smart goalie, very technical goalie. Many thought he was the best goalie in the 2021 draft ahead of Kosa. Kosa had a better ceiling. Wallstedt had a much better floor. Um, he's not the best lateral mover, but the smarts and the technique can allow him to be in position quicker than other goalies, and that can kind of help mitigate the lateral movement. Um, if he can continue that in the NHL level, he's going to be more than fine. He's going to be a very good goalie. Uh, the last eight here is Logan Cooley. Centerman, NCAA star last year, head of uh, the Minnesota team. That Minnesota top line with him, with knees, and with Snuckerud was just incredible. Just ran over the NCAA. Cooley is a terrific skater, does everything well. He's got a very good brain on him. Uh, and he also scored a pretty sick goal in the uh, the Global Series in Australia in the first game of that uh, series. Very, <laughs> very skilled player. We're very excited about him. Down here, we got a few 7.5s. Uh, Josh Norris in Ottawa has scored 30 in the NHL before, but he missed pretty much all of last year with a shoulder issue, and it looks like he may have tweaked it again here ahead of the season. Um, if he can get healthy, he could he could definitely be an 8-caliber prospect for me, a top-line player, but I just kind of need to see him get back on the ice and show that the injuries are not going to hold him back. Also here is Gabe Velarde, a player who really kind of has had an interesting trajectory. Um, back injuries made it look like he may never really play consistently. He's gotten healthy, but started off, I think, kind of okay in the NHL, then kind of really fell off and then kind of really gained it all back and more last year. He's in Winnipeg now, thanks to the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Um, if he's going to take face-offs, his value will rise. Um, he's on a new team, obviously, at Kaseva Winnipeg. And, hey, maybe he might be uh, teaming up with uh, Cole Pervetti at some point in time. That could create some some very fun hockey to watch. I would be very interested in watching maybe some Winnipeg Jets this year with uh, ESPN+. Plus. Got a couple of 7.5s out of Columbus. Kent Johnson, uh, an incredibly skilled player who has already shown some success in the NHL. The offense will continue to grow and definitely will be there. He's never going to be physical, though, which will hold him back. So he's going to be mostly an, an offense-only winger which has his drawbacks, but if you put up enough points, he'll be fine. I think he can. Uh, David Juracek, big physical defenseman. The skating isn't ideal, but despite being big and physical, he's got some he's got some pretty good skill to his game too. I think he's going to be on a power play. He can maybe score some goals with a good shot, and I think we'll see enough offense there for him to be, to be really good. Moving down now into the seven range, Dylan Genther, great shot, will score goals. Not going to hit a ton. Can make a few plays. Has already kind of had some NHL experience with Arizona. I think he's going to uh, build on that this year. Logan Stankovan, a bit small, but he skates very well, has a nice shot, competes you know, competes well for his size to try to make up for that. Um, probably going to be another points-only winger, but I think he'll do enough to be relevant. Cole Sillinger um, looked pretty decent in the NHL for his rookie year for being as young as he was, but he took a step back last year, falling back down to the AHL. He's got a really good shot, competes well too while being a centerman. I think all that combines to make a good profile. Son of legendary NHL journeyman Mike Sillinger, who played on like 12 or 13 different teams. Let's hope Cole sticks with one team for his whole career, or at least two or three. But let's hope basically just that he doesn't become his father. Which, hey, I think many people would be okay playing like 20 years in the NHL, even if it means being on a new team every year. Um, Xavier Borgo, 
Um, might end up at the wing, but could potentially be a C. Uh, has some skill, can build on power play, and definitely works hard. I think there's a good profile there. Um, Brennan Othman, goal-scoring wing who plays physical, had a pretty good role on the Canadian World Junior Team last year um, and helped his OHL team win the league. I think there's um, a real potential there to be a, a relevant player for us and maybe kind of in a way like a, a Hyman or a Tyler Bertuzzi type. It's a very lazy comparison for those types of wingers who are not afraid to lay the body and can um, complement a, a top six line, but we'll see. Behind him is Marco Rossi, also at a seven, a player I'm not overly high on, but he could be a, a second-line center, which has a lot of value. The offense will be decent. He just has to actually produce. I wasn't sold at him coming out of his draft, but I know a lot of, a lot of people were. Um, he did have COVID, which really wrecked his development. I think it took him out for basically a whole year. But if he can get back on track, he could be he could end up being a quality player. I just maybe not sold on it, but because a lot of other people are, I'm not going to knock him for that. Uh, then here we get to the the fun part of the system. These are some of my favorite players that uh, Josh has. Jimmy Snuggerud, like I mentioned, the uh, the, uh, the other winger opposite of knees uh, with Cooley in between them for Minnesota. He competes really well. He's got a great shot. He's got a bit more skill than his American counterparts, the McRorities, um, the Who's the other one? There's a, I'm drawing a blank on the other similar skill set American winger, but... You know what I mean. He's got a little more skill than some of those guys. He competes well. I I really like the player. We got Ryan Leonard, another American winger. Super competitive with a great shot. It's a very common thing for the recent NTDP winger graduates. Um, that combo should be a nice depth piece. And Colby Barlow, another very competitive player with a great shot. If, if Josh can really load up here on these uh, goal-scoring wingers who can be you know contributors to the hits... Uh, it's going to be a very fun part of the team. But yeah, Snuggerud, McGrory, Leonard. I like all these American wingers here. Cutter Gauthier, who I think he can be more of a center, though. Um, really like this part of the system for Josh. Got a handful of 6.5s. Fyodor Shvechkov. Um, he's a center without a real standout trait, but he does a little bit of everything. And if he's going to be a center, that'll be fine. Liam Ogren, he's got a good shot. Competes all right. Not a huge points guy, but he could be on the power play. Joachim Kemmel, very easy to compare him with Yannatin Lekaramaki because they were in the same draft and they have the same skill set for the most part. Uh, Kemmel's a bit bigger. Um, did not have the draft plus one year people hoped, but he does have a really good shot, and he looked fine in the AHL, so I think there's still a reason to believe he'll be fine. Jagger Furcus, um, very good shot and some skill. Bit small, though, but he could be an NHL goal scorer. I think he could could find that. I mean, if Alex Brinkett can do it, maybe he can be like a, a discounted Alex Brinkett. Um, Edward Chalet. Um, inconsistent, but has a nice shot and some skill, can play the power play. Both of those guys from Seattle, maybe uh, a trade there with Spencer could happen. Um, Nicholas Robertson, the much maligned <laughs> Nicholas Robertson, traded for Moritz Sider. That's a trade that did not go the way either Josh nor myself um, thought it would. Um, he shoots really well, and he's going to compete a little bit, but he just doesn't have the size and injuries that have kind of really hampered his development. Uh, I thought the shot would be good enough to score 25-30 in the NHL and be uh, a good a good middle six piece on Toronto, but it just he, he can't stay healthy and it hasn't happened yet. I would really like to see it happen, though, because I, I, I do believe in the talent. It's just a matter of if he's too far gone with his development at this point. Also, is Joe Valeno. He's in the NHL at this point for sure. He's not going back down. 
the offense, though, hasn't quite been what we hoped. He he wins some faceoffs, though, and he, he hit a bit more than I thought he did. I mean, I watch the wings every night, but I didn't realize what his hit totals were. It was almost like 1.5, 1.75 per game-ish. Um, I think there will be enough there to be a, a depth piece in the right role for DSAC if he's going to continue to get the ice time to win faceoffs and, and throw hits. But he was an exceptional status player in the QMJHL with Drummondville. Um, I I want to think there's more offense there, but maybe it just isn't going to happen. But we'll see. This is a big year for Joe Flano for Detroit because Detroit has some players coming, and Flano's roster spot will be under siege here at some point if he can't grasp it firmly. A couple 5.5s, Liam Foody and Kalen Addison. Foody just hasn't quite panned out yet. I don't think he's really going to be much. Kalen Addison has played in the NHL. If last year is any sign, he's probably not going to be overly relevant, but he did get some power play time, and he got some a handful of STPs. He was actually not not too bad with that, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I think he did actually do most of that once he moved over to Minnesota, so maybe I should have him up at like a 6, but we'll we'll see. If uh, if he does well this year, I'll have to reassess that. Cal Foot, it just it's not happening with him. Um, Alexei Heboniemi still has the rights with Florida, but he went back over to Switzerland. That's probably not a good sign. Probably not a real NHLer. He's a 3.5 there. And a couple 2.5s to wrap it up with Josh Brook and Patrick Pustola. Uh, both of them, hello from Finland. Neither are on a team. To wrap up Josh here, his stud is, no surprise, it's Jake Ottinger. The lottery ticket I'm going to put is Marco Rossi. All right, that was a lot of talking. Um, maybe not the most substance on some players. Uh, I hope some of you found this helpful or at least enjoyable. Um, Tyrion B, talk about some hockey prospects. Hopefully give some of you guys uh, an idea of what you may have in your system. And yeah, this is always a fun thing to do. Helps me um, to look through all these guys, kind of get an idea of what all you guys have in your systems too in for, for real life too, following the game in real life to to have an idea here. So uh, a lot of fun doing this. A lot of talking for me. The voice is not uh, overly happy with it, but hope you all enjoyed it. Um, if you have any feedback too, I'm more than happy to to get some feedback here potentially and uh, help for future versions of this. But yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. I will catch you all next time.